coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I don't know, I'm like a horrible wife, and I don't want to be a horrible wife, and I try not to be a horrible wife, and it's like, I don't realize I'm being a horrible wife. Tell me how you're a horrible wife. I don't know, I'm just not kind to him, and I don't know how to stop, because I don't see that I'm doing it till after I've done it. Husbands across the country are cheering as they're listening to this. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, show where we talk about your marriage, or your mental health, or boundaries, hard decisions you've got to make, dealing with kids, whatever's going on in your life. When it comes to your relationships, your mental health, to what's going on in your kids' schools, all of it. We've entered into this vortex where there's experts on every corner yelling and screaming. Very few people are telling the truth anymore, and there's just so much chaos and so much noise. And I spent (laughs) the first, I don't know, a long time, I tried to disappear from the internet. I didn't want to participate in any of this. I wanted out. And I had a a counseling professor who put her finger in my chest and she said, you don't get to do that. You don't get to walk away. You got to get involved. And I didn't know involvement was going to be hosting a podcast and doing everything on the internet. But here we are um, with the YouTube show, all of it. So here's my promise. I'm going to cut through the noise. I'm going to sit with you and we're going to figure it out. What, whatever's going on in your life and we're going to get you to the, to the help that you need or help you to the next right step. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask. And pre-sale for Building a Non-Anxious Life is live. I'm super hyped about this book. Um, you can see, that, see it up there. I'm going to see if Nate Dog can, can point up to it for the YouTube gang. It's up there. You can see it. Um, look at that. Look at that fancy book. Way to go, Nate Dog. That, that was some camera work right there. Hey, um, I, um, uh, I was talking to our team this morning. We have about 1,000 people that work here and at the company, and I was talking to the team this morning. And I just let them know, hey, this, this, book, um, this book broke me. This book... Um, caused me to look in the mirror in the way that I haven't uh, ever and to say some things out loud with a therapist and with my with my people that I care about and love that I never said before and um, to really dig into what's the idea what, what are we what am I doing here and more importantly what does a non-anxious life look like what, what's the point and um, it's been a transformative year to say the least um and from everything from physiological metrics to heart rate metrics to my daughter that I can't get from hugging me anymore, um, which is just making me smile right now, um, to a better marriage, to just all, everything, everything, every aspect. Is everything perfect? Absolutely not. Are things coming sideways? Yes. Have I been pissed off? Yes. And I'm not anxious about it. I'm not chronically stressed about it. I'm not burned out. Check this book out. It's 20 bucks. Building a non-anxious life. It comes with some stuff, and we're going to keep adding stuff as we go. But go to johndeloney.com and check it out. Hey, before we go to the call, Kelly, top five, dude. I know. Look at us. I know. The little engine that could. We're hey, like legit. All these 17 listeners, man, they are re- refreshing like a bunch of gangsters, God man. Yeah. God bless the 17. The OG 17. We uh, the, the rankings came out the other day, and we are number four. Uh, and it's pretty exciting stuff, man. We were pretty hyped. Uh, four in, uh, was it health and fitness? I don't remember what the categories are, but pretty exciting stuff, dude. It's awesome. Um, that's all I'll say about that. And, and hey, and my friend, Sean Ryan, his show went to number two on the big boy list. It's like Rogan 
and the Sean Ryan show. And he's a guy down the street from me. I'm super proud of him, the former Navy SEAL. And uh, he's just, he's he's doing an amazing job with his show too. All right, let's go out to um, Danny in Los Angeles, California. What's up, Danny? Hey. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just super nervous. And then I listen to your show and people are like, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, get over it. And now I'm super nervous. Hey, well, now you've made me nervous. Now this whole thing's just going to be a jittery mess. No. It's all good. What's up? What's up? Um, I just wrote to you because, um, I don't know, I'm like a horrible wife. And I don't want to be a horrible wife. And I try not to be a horrible wife. And it's like, I don't realize I'm being a horrible wife till I've already like done it. And, um, yeah, I just could use some insight about that. Tell me how you're a horrible wife. Like, um, I'm just like super dismissive of my husband and I just speak to him like really like cold and like, I don't know. I'm just not kind to him. And I don't, I don't know why, like, how can I say it? Like, I don't know. I'm just not kind to him. Like I'm very like short with him and I don't have a lot of patience. And even when he's like, playful like i'll think in my mind like you know react be be playful as well and then instead i'll be like rude and then i won't even see that i'm being like rude to him until hindsight i'm like oh crap that was like really mean and sometimes i even like cry and like apologize to him you know and you know he accepts my apology we've been like friends for literally 18 years but i feel like it's beating him down he literally has like some gray hairs now and then i feel guilty like those are my great hairs, you know, like I did that. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I just don't want to be that person. I feel like I'm sabotaging my marriage, like literally. And then I don't know how to stop. Cause I don't see that I'm doing it till after I've done it. Mm. Number one, dude, I husbands across the country are cheering as they're listening to this. Um, and here's why, here's why after 18 years, it's hard to look in the mirror and say, oh, dude, what if I'm the problem, right? Like, what if I'm contributing something significant to this? So, dude, high five to you. Way to go, Danny. Um, so, and let's be honest. Um, you and I could dig into your backstory for a while. That's hard to say out loud what you just said, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I mean, it is because I've just been working on it and it's, I can't, I'm mean, gonna. I want to say I can't, but it's, it it's surrender. It's surrender. What you're doing is not yeah. working. How about that? Yeah, exactly. So often when somebody walks me through a story like you just did, there are some deep, deep roots in that 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 type of response. Either you grew up in an abusive situation, or a chaotic situation, or a situation where you had to run the show in some, or you were asked to run the show. Tell me about growing up. What was it like? Well, that's crazy that you said about running the show. Cause that's, I feel like I have to keep everything together. Um, cause okay. So my dad was an alcoholic, like RIP. Um, but, um, yeah, he was. And I don't know. My mom was just like really like passive about it. She didn't really stop him from being chaotic. Like he wasn't like physically or abusive like that, but he would like rage out and just kind of just cause a really hostile home environment. And my mom was like really passive. She was just like, quote unquote, keeping the peace. But, and you were, and listen, you were not going to, you were not going to be her. You'll be exactly. damned if you're going to you know, let, let the man you love just, just die. Right. You're not going to be her. Right. 
not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, but not even not even just die. Just like how could you let someone like be crazy like that, you know? And so as a kid, I would like literally go like toe to toe with my dad. Like he never like hit me or anything crazy, but I'd be like the one arguing like, hey, like you can't be screaming like that. Like I would literally like be a little girl like telling my dad like cool it like you know because he would bring all that negative energy into the home. And then my mom would be like, no, go to your room. We have to keep the peace. And it's like, all right, bro, so listen, no listen to me. Listen to me. <sighs> Dude. Sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. I'm, 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 I'm proud of you and I'm heartbroken for you. Cause I got a seven year old little girl right now. And I'm just picturing her having to stand up to me and it breaks my heart. Cause that wasn't your job, man. That was your dad's job. That was your mom's job. And at the same time, when you have that little girl fighting, there's also a huge part of that little girl's heart wondering what is so bad about me and mom that you have to be like this? Or when dad's seven beers in and he's sitting on the couch and he's right there, but he's not present and you're wondering where he is. Kind of like a dad staring at a cell phone. And I want you to internalize what I'm about to tell you. Your nervous system, this is a part of your wiring, has equated love with that man as a fight. And so when you lean in to love your husband, your body has one path that it follows, and that is fight. That is war. And you can tell yourself, I'm entering into a space of love with a guy that I love, the guy that treats me right, the guy that shows up. He's goofball, of course, but man, he's awesome. And you get right at him, and then war begins. Am I on to something? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what you're going to have to decide to do, and it's nothing short of completely changing how you interact with the world. Sometimes on the show, I tell people like, man, this is as simple as you guys got to do this and this. And then it's, you can clear this thing up, whatever this thing is. For you, Danny, this is going to be a radical change of how you interact with yourself and how you interact with the world. And here's what's scary about what I'm asking you to do. This is what kept you alive as a kid. This is what kept your house safe. And I'm asking you to put the sword and the shield down. And you are going to feel totally exposed. And it's going to feel terrifying. It's going to feel scary. Because the only way your body knows safe is war. But you said it perfectly. And you said something um, powerful, but I want to I one-up you. Is that cool? Oh, of course. You said you've been with this guy for 18 years. At this point, he's a part of you, right? Your hearts beat together. Your, your lungs breathe together. Y'all are, y'all are together. And he knows you and he loves you. And he loves how fiery you are. He loves all that. And you said, I feel like I'm beating him down. Can I one-up you on that? I feel like you're drowning my friend Danny. I think you're tired of this too. Is that fair? Extremely young. So I want to tell you something crazy, okay? Um, our childhoods were different. My dad was an alcoholic, but I did have some a lot of chaos, and I did have some some heavy things. Only recently, within the past year, have I done some work with a counselor who knew what they were, she was doing. That my body has stopped fighting everything. I'm a pretty peaceful guy. I laugh all the time. Just a goofball. I'm late to everything. Just kind of like making my way through the world, right? But I didn't know 
that my body was going and churning and fighting all the time, all of the time. And I tracked my heart rate. My heart rate variability has escalated significantly. My heart's beats per minute have gone down. It's a body that is no longer at war. Can I, can I spin the machine up if I have to? You, you're damn right I can, but I don't have to. Are you in on that? Yes, for sure. Danny, I fall asleep with no medicine. I just fall asleep because I'm tired at night. My wife and I went on a long, long vacation recently. And a couple days in, we had the obligatory fight. And then I was like, I just want to go home, but I'm already here. And we worked it out and we had an amazing vacation. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I, I can. I feel like I get in my own way a lot. But why? What does that get you? It gets you nothing. Just like shame. That's right. Like, That's right. But listen, that seven-year-old little Danny had to get her way or somebody got hurt. And so it's not wrong that your body's wired for that. But the thing that kept you alive as a kid is going to destroy everything as an adult. I'm going to do a couple of things for you, okay? Number one, um, I'm going to send you free of charge um, both of my books, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and I'm going to send you my brand new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, okay? But you got to promise me you'll actually read them, and I'll send you the audio books too. Um, That way, if you're not a reader, you can just put them in your headphones and listen. Oh, I love reading, though. Awesome, awesome. awesome. But you got to work through the exercises in the back, okay, at the end of each chapter. That's number one. Number two... You have to get a some sort of cheap journal, okay? Go to Walmart and get one. Go to Walgreens and get one. Um, get a really fancy one off the internet. I don't care. But what you have to begin doing in real time is you have to begin challenging those thoughts that I have to. Whenever you say the words, I have to, or I have to keep it all together, ask yourself, or what? Or what happens? We're five minutes late. We missed the first quarter. Is that worth my marriage? Or we the burger place that we wanted to eat is full. And so we got to go get chicken. I mean, is that, is, is, is that it? And so every time you think to yourself, I have to, I want you to stop. And it's going to take, be an annoying 30 to 60 days doing this. You're going to catch yourself and you're going to be stunned at how awful you talk to Danny. Because you're mean to her, aren't you? Yeah, I am. You got to stop. So I want you to reframe this sucker as, I'm not trying to not be a horrible wife. I'm trying to build a life that is at peace so that I can love this goofball with all the love that he's worth. Right, yeah, most definitely. And like, I don't want to show that to my kids. I'm so blessed to be talking to you because like, my kids are super, super little. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, I can get it together before it can cause like an issue like in my family. So let me, t- let me tell you this. I've talked about this on the show a lot, but I'm going to tell you just personally, okay? And then I'm going to let you go. I want you to hang on the line and I want you to, uh, we're, we're going to get these books sent out to you. Um, I'm an amazing savant. Um, and I'm going to say that because I'm a parent. I'm saying that because I've been an educator for a long time. I got a really savant, brilliant little girl. She's seven. And I've got a son who's humongous. He's very, very tall for his age. And my daughter's very, very small. And um, you know this as well as I do, that hugs from your kid are healing. They're therapeutic, right? And my daughter 
it was really, when I would pick her up, she would get real rigid. This is when she's five or six. We we're having full conversations, laughing, going fishing together. But when I would try to hug her, she would duck and move and bob and weave. She had a whole system. And I thought something was wrong with me. I thought something was wrong with her. I thought something, I didn't know what the deal was. It's so weird. My son will hug anytime. He's super, super into hugging. And then my wife mentioned it. My counselor mentioned it. I did some reading. My daughter's body had recognized I'm not safe. There's some sort of internal churn, internal reactor. It's hot. I never scream in my house. I don't swear in my house. I don't hit anybody in my house. But my daughter could feel, her tiny little body could sense, that guy's not safe. And I want to tell you, you probably have one of, you've got several kids, you've got one of them that's like that, and you've got one of them that is super, super clingy. Does that sound right? Well, I have one. I'm going to have another one next week. So. Oh, wow. You're in it now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, which one is your other one? Um, he's two. Okay. Is he super, super, super clingy or is he running around? He's all over the place. Okay. All right. Often little kids, one of them will feel like it's their job to make sure mom and dad are okay. Oh, no, no, no. The other one. The worst nightmare. I know. The other one will try to make sure that um, they don't get near mom and dad even though they're, they're trapped in the same house. I want you to know that on the other side of this, on the other side of healing, I can't keep my daughter off me anymore. She's like a monkey. She curls up in my lap. She's on me all the time. And I can't tell you what a gift it is. And why do I tell you all that? Not because I'm special. I promise you, I promise you, Danny, I'm not. I'm a mess. But I'm telling you that because if you'll follow the steps, especially in building a non-anxious life, you'll follow the steps in this book. If you will walk it through and choose freedom and find places where you can challenge your thoughts, you'll go probably have to see a counselor, man. You had a tough, tough, growing up with an alcoholic is tough. You make some of these choices on a daily basis, sometimes a weekly basis. Your whole system will slow down. Your whole system will stop being so stressed and anxious. And that will allow you to engage in another way that's not war. That's not fighting. It might be goofy. It might be silly. You're still going to be you. You're still going to roll your eyes. You're still going to be like, oh my gosh. But that edge will be off. And maybe you won't be so hateful and not so spiteful. And you won't feel so much shame about Danny. Here's the deal. Danny's been fighting fights for a long, long time. It's time to set down the sword, set down the shield. And look at this guy. Say, I love you. Do you love me too? And let him love you for a change. And don't nag and don't whine and don't complain. Just let him love you for a change. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm proud of you, Danny. This is the moment when everything changes. Hang on the line. We'll be right back. This show is brought to you by Hallow. Almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallow, my go-to app for guided prayer, music, and meditation. And right now, I'm going through a particularly stressful time. I got big deadlines, big speeches coming up in front of thousands of people, end of school and other family transitions, and on and on. And recently, I made a decision amidst all the chaos to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices, and Hallow is leading the way. 
Hallow is the number one prayer and meditation app in the world. They have 10,000 plus audio guided prayers and meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, daily psalm readings, daily writings, minute meditations, and more. And there are places for people in Hallow who are skeptical and new to this whole faith conversation. And there's places for those who have been swimming in these waters their entire life and who just want to go deeper. And there are stories, audiobooks, and other special things for kids and focuses on mental and emotional health. For listeners of the Dr. John Deloney Show, Hallow will give you three free months. That's all 10,000 plus prayers, meditations, music, lecture series, all of it. Three free months if you go to hallow.com slash Deloney. That's hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to Richmond, Virginia, and talk to Olivia. What's up, Olivia? Yes, hello. <laughs> yes, hello to you. What's up? Um, nothing. Thanks for taking my call. Are you nervous? I can hear it in you. I am. <laughs> okay, don't be nervous. It's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I wrote in because I found out recently that someone I went to high school with um, got employed by the high school in like a counselor job. And, um, I, it was just deeply bothered by it. I feel like there's a lot that people there don't know about them. And, um, I want my kids to go there and I just, I kind of want to, you know, talk to the people that I, um, am close with at the school about it, but I'm like not really wanting to open that can of worms. So just wanted to know what I should do, how I should deal with it. Mm. So you're pretty coy with a they. Is this a mean girl situation or is this a, a guy that hurt you? No, it's a girl. Um, and yeah, like we, we played sports together. We, um, she's just not a good person. <laughs> What does that mean? Um, just lying, cheating, um, just like knows how to fool the adults when we were in high school. And um, how old, you know, are, how old are you? 26. Let me just say, I, I thank God I'm not judged right now on who I was at 16 and 17 and 18. Like, I get that. I really do. And, like, I talked to my parents about this, too. And they were like, you know, people change. But, like, I have mutual friends with this person. And it's just not, like, I'm sorry, but it's just not. And what, Hold on, hold on. What do you mean? That's why you're I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not. There, like I, I'm sorry that I am still holding her accountable for these things, but she hasn't changed. And give me some like examples she, of how she hasn't changed. How she's still lying and cheating and swindling people as an adult. Yeah. So like, she. Um, let me just try to like gather what I want to say. So she like is very much into like the hookup culture, and this is a this is like a religious high school. Okay. She's, um, like she gets drunk. She uses drugs. Not, I mean, she smokes weed occasionally. Um, and like just not her morals and the values of her life don't align to what this school is about. And that's why I feel like 
every close adult, which is basically my parents, I've told, they were like, what? Like, I'm sorry, who, who let that happen, you know? And so I'm just thinking, which I know this is not realistic, but like in 15 years, if my kids go there, how am I going to deal with that? Oh, like, geez. You, <laughs> yeah. I, let's let 15 years, the world's going to be very different in 15 years, I'm afraid. So not afraid. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. How do you know? How do you know she does drugs and drinks and Because I know the people she does it with. Okay. So let's do a couple of things. Number one, let's let high school go. Just yeah. let it go. And that's why I'm calling. I'm like, I don't care about this. Like I have, but, but oh, life, oh, oh, you do. It's in, it's in your, it's exactly. in, it's in your soul. I didn't think I did. Yeah, I didn't go. think I did. That's better. And then this brought it all back up and I'm just like enraged over it. Okay. You're the, the enraged part. Like, so let's take her out of the picture. If you heard that some local faith-based high school hired somebody that's hooking up and drinking beers. Um, you'd probably roll your eyes or you would small town. Like, can you believe, can you, whatever the rage comes from what happened in high school. And we could get yeah. into that. Like I, you are killing yourself by not letting that go. You've probably heard the old phrase, you are drinking poison, hoping that she dies. Yeah. You're po you know what she hasn't thought about in a long time? <laughs> you. Or any of this stuff that happened. But you do. And it causes your heart to go up. It causes your all sorts of physiological issues here. Your heart rate to go up. It's killing you. Let it go. Yeah. Don't hold it back yeah. anymore, as the great Frozen says. That's why I'm like, I don't know how, though. So, a couple of things. Number one, and we'll get to the actual issue as an adult. Number one, um, as a practice I started about a decade ago. Um, I don't have to do it hardly at all anymore. Occasionally, but hardly at all. Um, but I literally made a commitment to myself that I would stop having imaginary conversations in my head with other people who were not in the room. Yeah. And I I'm have, that. and you, you're amazing at it. I can tell. And you always win them too. Don't you? Like you drop bombs when you're, you have these fantasies of when you talk to her and you're going to point your finger at her and you're like, can you do this? And she's going to be like, Oh my gosh, you're right. I did. And it's going to feel so awesome. Your body doesn't know the difference. And so you spin your body up for war all the time. And you're never going to have those conversations. You'll never have that confrontation. And if you do, it will not go anything like you think it's going to. Yeah. And so I literally would walk through my house and I would yell out loud. Nope. I've heard of people with rubber bands that they pop them on their wrist. I've heard of people who will like snap their fingers. Anything that will break you out of that cycle because it's instantaneous. Your body wants that hit. It's addicted to that cycle, that stress cycle. Get out of it. And what you have to do is you have to catch yourself. And it will take a while. But stop with the imaginary conversations. And when high school stuff comes up, just stop. Number two, you probably need to go talk to a counselor because there's probably some stuff that happened in high school. Is that fair? Yeah. Some ugly stuff. Fair? Mm -hmm. Is there stuff you haven't told people about? 
I mean, no, it's not that dark. It's just, I don't know. It just felt so undeserving, you know? Let me ask you this. What do you do for a living? I'm self-employed and I'm super successful with my life. It's not about that. It's just. No, I'm just asking you, what do you, like, what do you do? We own our own business. Okay. Y'all are doing great. You love it? Yeah. Okay. Can you let her just love her thing too? Yeah, and it's not so much about, like, not wanting happiness. I'm not that bitter. It's just that I just don't think she should be in the position, you know? Okay, like, that, that leads me to number two. Leads me to number two. If you know of somebody who is who is openly violating the core tenets of a place where they work, then you have to make a grown-up decision as to whether I'm going to report that, I'm going to say something to them, I'm going to bring it up, or what. But I want to challenge you to make your decision and either say something or make your decision to not say anything and move on with your life because you're caught in this gray area and you're torturing yourself. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it is just moving on fine because like morally, I just feel like. I don't think they asked you. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I mean, the school didn't like put out feelers and be like, like whenever I got my job at Belmont, they had an open call. Right, they put it in the paper. Here's the finalists. They had a um, open like uh, a forum to where anybody could come yeah. in. Right, it was open. Yeah. Like you got something to say, say it now. It's like forever hold your peace. Right. Yeah. That school didn't ask you for that. Yeah, you're right. And so you're you want to insert yourself into a situation that doesn't yes. doesn't concern and that's you. What now. I'm saying I don't feel like it's my place, but I just want to like not be so bothered by it. I think you want to burn her to the ground. <sighs> I, I mean, it's really not. I don't feel like it's that bad. I just. I promise I, you. I I can, really, <laughs> it, it is. It, it is. And I, I can't tell you. I would let it go. Yeah. And if there's something going on that's wrong. Right. Like, and I, I could see myself having a conversation with an executive somewhere. I would have no problem with that. If, if I felt like my values and morals were challenged on a particular situation. Letting somebody know, hey, I need you to know this about this person. I've done that recently, actually. It was a super egregious situation, but I, I was pretty clear. Yeah. Right? And so if you feel like you need to do that, do it. Just do it. But if you're not going to do that, walk away. Yeah. Walk away. And I want to I catch myself here. I said they didn't invite you into this conversation. Like you're inserting yourself in the problem. Sometimes good citizens do. They run into the middle of a situation because they see something that somebody else doesn't see. I don't want some a house on fire and sitting out in the front yard and being like, well, they never asked me to come help them, so I'm just going to watch it burn down. Don't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you know somebody is doing something unethical or illegal or they're, they are pulling the wool over, especially as a teacher, right, as, and, and as an educator, as a, as a mental health professional, as a counselor, for God's sake, yeah, maybe you do say something. Maybe you go to that person first and you say, hey, this isn't cool. Um, and you get involved that way. That's cool. That's fine. But make your decision and then be done with it. And I want you to practice yeah. over the next 30, 60 days. I want you to practice when you start that imaginary conversation, when she's in your head, literally say out loud, stop. No, not doing this. I'm being present where I am. What happened in high school happened in high school. It was a long, it was eight years ago, almost a decade ago. Let it ride. 
And if there are some hard things you need to talk about, some things that weren't fair, some things that hurt you, grief demands a witness. You need to say those things out loud in front of somebody who will hear you, okay? So call a local counselor. Book a couple of sessions. But there's some sort of thing in you that you had to overcome a lot and you've got a successful business and she lied and cheated and stole her way. She's still doing it. And now she's got this successful job, like helping young people. No, she doesn't get to do that. And I would just say, man, let the self-righteousness go. Let it go. Let high school be high school. Thank God I'm not judged on who I was in high school. Hopefully I've grown up a lot. Hopefully I've grown up a lot. And maybe, just maybe, if somebody calls her out in an appropriate way, she'll go, you're right. I'm sorry. Or maybe she just needs to be removed from that position. Or maybe you can work real hard to set that brick down and just let her out of your life for good. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. Slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to Florida and talk to the great and wonderful Amy. What's up, Amy? Hello, Dr. John. What's <laughs> Thank up? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Hi. What's happening? Um, I, I feel kind of silly with this, but I want to thank you for taking my call. Um, my question oh, that hold I wrote on. in Have with... you listened to the show ever? <laughs> I, I have, and I feel like my story is not as dramatic as most of the ones you deal with. So I, I was surprised <laughs> that Jenna called me actually. No, I, we have to be careful. The um, show doesn't turn into Jerry Springer. So it's good just to have some human, <laughs> some human stuff. What's up? Yeah, this is human stuff. Um, my question is how do I cope with the anger and the grief that I feel by being blindsided by my own life? Tell me um, more. That's what I, okay. Well, before I start, I just want to say there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I love my kids with all my heart. <laughs> I, 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 no. I know people are going to be listening and they're going to be like, no. oh my gosh, she's not thankful. This is one of my favorite okay. ways people start. Like, now listen, okay. he's great, but, okay, so I <laughs> no, love my no kids. No, there's no but with this. 
love your, no but. Love your kids. I, no I did. love my kids. No I can't did. wait to hear okay. what happens. Okay. Okay. What comes All next? Right. So my husband and I have been married um, 21 years. Uh, Me too. We, Congratulations. I know how hard that thank is. Thank you. Personally. That's a long time. Congrats. It is a long time and it, it has been very hard. But um, we had two kids um, in our early 20s. Uh, that was all the kids we were had planned to have. We thought, you know, we'll, we'll have our family, we'll have our kids, and, you know, by our mid to late 40s, we'll be empty nesting. <laughs> Are you pregnant? And, um, no, no. Okay, all <laughs> right. God, all I'm right. not. All right, I thought you were pregnant. All right. Um, so, um, just as we were kind of leaving the little kid fog, you know, where you never see each other, you, you are just mad at each other all the time. Uh, the kids take up everything. Um, we found out in our early thirties that we were pregnant again. Um, so we had another kid, uh, kind of rolled with the punches there and we're like, okay, well that just kind of pushes things a little bit. And, uh, 2020 rolled around and I remember posting on Facebook how excited I was because I was just feeling like I was finally starting to feel me again. Um, feel like myself, you know, I've been a stay at home mom this whole time and you just kind of get lost in it. You feel invisible. You feel like you don't exist and that you just aren't even a real person anymore. And, um, I know that that lasts while the kids are small and as they get older, it kind of goes away. But anyway, 2020 came, I was about to turn 40. I posted that on Facebook and a month later I found out I was pregnant again at 40. And, um, from that moment I lost it. I immediately fell into like a deep grief, like grieving what I thought my forties were going to look like. Okay. I'm trying not to cry. No, cry away, dude. Um, listen, you're right. You are right. <laughs> I I feel angry a lot that I had to start over at 40. I feel angry that as my older kids are transitioning, that I don't get to transition with them. I feel like I've been stuck at the starting line for nearly 20 years. And my friends are all starting to empty nest and going on trips with their husbands and finally starting to live again. And I haven't been out to my dinner with my husband in months. We don't see each other. We have no time together. We've been living in a little kid fog for 20 years. And I'm just grieving so hard that I'm, I'm 43. And it feels like I'm going to be invisible for another 20 years. And I won't get to live until I'm 60 and I'm just so spent. I'm emotionally like spent. I'm physically touched out. I look in the mirror and the person I see just keeps getting older. And I feel like my life has just been stuck in the same season for so long. And I love my children with all my heart, but I don't love my life. And it fills me with guilt every morning and grief and anger. And I know it sounds selfish, but it feels like I don't exist. And I feel like I have so much potential that we'll never get to see the light of day. And I guess I'm calling in just to saying, say, how do you have any advice how to cope with this? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, one, thank you for saying all that out out loud. Yeah. Yeah, It helps. Have you ever said it all out loud like that? I don't think so. Maybe bits and pieces. It felt like it all came. (laughs) Hey, I'm proud of you. Okay. I, I vomited. I vomited on you. Yeah. That's that's what we do here. That's that's my job. That's my job. Um, I don't think for one second that you don't like your kids, not for yeah. a second. Okay, so I want to take that completely mm-hmm. off the table. And anybody, mm-hmm. you're you're. Hey, listen. Do not read the YouTube comments because there's there's going to be morons that are posting like, oh my gosh. I know. Don't read them. Okay. I know. You promise? Yeah. yeah. 
I promise. Okay, I good. know people that don't have kids are going to be upset. People who think I don't appreciate them. I do. No, I no, love no, 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 no. That's not it. That's heart. not it. That's not it. That's not it. Okay. okay. Number two, getting pregnant with number four at 40 something absolutely is right to grieve what you thought was about to be a whole new trans- a chapter of your life. Yeah. 100%. You had a picture painted. Yeah. And it went away instantly. And mm-hmm. you were faced with that, I call it like the, the guilt-shame teeter-totter of, I don't want this. Oh, great mom. Great mom. Mm-hmm. And then it smashes yeah. the other side and you're like, oh, what a loser. And then it's like, oh, so yeah, you got to get off the teeter-totter number one. Okay. Um, So you're right. You are right. And here's what I really want to challenge you on, though. Can I push back on the whole whole model you've created? Yes, please. You have fallen prey to one of our culture's most insidious traps and lies, is what I would say. Okay. Okay. Here's what it is. That there is some magical finish line somewhere. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And what that means is right now is the life you are choosing. There are billions of people in the world that don't have, don't get choice, right? I get that. Right. Most of the people listening to the show do. And when I Mm -hmm. say choice, it doesn't mean like, uh, it's not like you're suddenly going to get a million dollars or suddenly rent's going to get cheaper. It's not. Okay. When I say choice, I mean you keep waiting until this season X is over so then you can start living your life. And what your body is reacting to right now is you are choosing consciously to not live your life. There is a fog, no question about it. And then there's a whole, whole bunch of choices. There is chaos with three kids. Now a fourth and an infant? Are you kidding me? And... There's a ton of choices. So I'm going to challenge you because I love you. Is that cool? Yeah. You and your husband have chosen to not go on dates for months. Y'all have chosen to have your sex life just go away. Y'all have chosen to take different paths. And I have little kids. I get how insane it might sound. But my promise is this, if all of your kids were checking out and you booked that first vacation and you showed up at that first vacation place, the worst part about that is you would have gone with you. The person who felt like put her life on hold for 20 something years. And I bet you didn't put it on hold as much as you think you did. Maybe I'm wrong, but I bet your kids love their mama, don't they? They do. And are your kids good kids? The good human beings? They are. They treat people right? I think so. <laughs> Does yeah. your husband bathe with some regularity? <laughs> well, that's questionable. Questionable. <laughs> Please don't yeah. fall into the trap that the only contribution a person can make is some sort of dollar amount in, in a 401k. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, You've created and sustained. Yeah, I guess it's just, um, I I feel like my brain is wasted. You know, like I. On what? 
on, not, on not making reports in some law office? Oh, no, I, I don't think I would ever do that, but just... What, what did your brain just, get wasted on? I'm sitting down and playing Barbie dolls and just mind-numbing stuff that I've done day in and day out for 20 years already, and I just... You've created neuronal... Uh, you've created... <laughs> yeah, it's not even a word. You've created... Um, I'm trying to think of a non-nerd way to say it. <laughs> it's okay. You can be a nerd. I like that kind of stuff. You've I created like stuff. you've created brain maps for your kids. Yeah. You've created their wiring. You've created their nervous system with them. Co-created it with them. Yeah. You could build a, a residence hall at a college, or you could, as an architect, or you can, I don't know, build a small company. Or you can build a human. Yeah. And they're all, at various stages, mind-numbingly boring. Insanely boring. Insanely frustrating. Insanely rewarding. Yeah. But there's another story here. Underneath this role you found yourself in is a woman who, for whatever reason, does not like saying out loud what you need. And there's a woman who doesn't like saying out loud, you know what I really want and fill in the blank. That's the part that I think has gone to waste is your, is your voice. Yeah. Where did she go? I think she's been gone for a long time. (laughs) I think you're right. Yeah, because it's always been everybody else in the house is, is more important. All of, all of their needs are more important. And I would tell you that's a curse of modern parenting. Yeah. Because if, if, if mom's not well, you've got nothing to give. If your pitcher's not full, you've got nothing to pour into your kid's pitcher. And that's how I feel right now. It is. Especially thinking about, yeah, I'm spent. Yeah. But the, the solution to being spent is not a season of doing nothing. It's not a season of comparative analysis watching your friends. Because I promise you this. I promise you. You're going to have friends that go on a couple of their vacations. And they're like, oh my gosh. Ah, ha, ha. And then they're going to come over to your house. And your daughter's going to crawl up into your lap right before she goes to bed. And one of them's going to have a tear go down their face. And the other guy's going to be tough. And he's going to go, man, I wish that I missed that. Okay. Everybody's wondering what it's like on the other side of the fence. And the key to being well is being okay with what side of the fence you happen to be on. And there is no going back. You're there. You have a fourth kid. How old's your kid? Three? Oh, yes, I know. Three? Yeah, I I have four and I can't change it. I know that. I think I'm just trying to figure out how to how to be okay with this. I, I, I don't I don't want you to just be okay with it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. Yes. I haven't thrived okay. for a long time. So make the choice that mom goes first for a season. Will husband allow a, a, a wife with a voice? I hope so. Would he love... No, that's not a good answer. Would he love a wife that says, here's what I need? I'm going to try. I don't know that he's ever known me as that. You know, he's always kind of been like the pants in the family. <laughs> so... um most, I'm going to speak up. 
most men, hold on. It's not just a matter of I'm just going to speak up because here's what's going to happen. You're going to not speak up and then you're going to explode on him and he's going to not know what hit him. Yeah. Most guys are so desperate to know why their wife doesn't like them. Oh, I love him. I know I you do. Him. No, no, no. I, I know you do. Yeah. But he can see his wife is miserable. Yeah. And if he he's can. any husband worth a crap, he's wondering what it is about him that's making that happen. Yeah. And that's a very selfish way to go through the world. We all do it, right? Men and women. Everybody right. goes through the world going, what about me? What about me? But if you sat down and said, over the last 20 years, I lost myself in my role as a wife. I lost myself in a role as a mom. And I put every single need in this home before mine. And I've just looked up and I got nothing left in the tank. Yeah. I want to figure out what I even need. I want to figure out what I even want. And I'm going to need you to help around the house. I'm going to need you to help with dinner. I'm going to need you to help with like marriage retreats. Who do we want to become? Because we're choosing not to sleep together. We're choosing to sleep in separate rooms. We're choosing all these choices. We're choosing to not go on dates. All these things are choices. And usually these conversations get really hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. It won't be easy. And stuff from the past comes up. New surprises will show up. All that. But this is a matter of you deciding. My voice matters in this house. I'm not just hired help to let give my husband the life he wants and to raise four kids. I've, right. I'm a co-creator of this place. Right. And if you hear nothing right. else today, your voice matters. Not only does it matter, it's really, really important that your kids get a vision of what a mom who takes care of herself looks like. Of a mom who right. says out loud, I need this. And dude, as a husband, I'm so grateful when my wife says, hey, I really need today off. Even when I'm so frustrated by it because I needed today off too. Yeah. We, we got back from a long vacation recently and my wife said, hey, uh, I need um, me and my her two, couple of her girlfriends. They're going out. They do this regularly. We're going out all day. We're gonna. Just, we're just gonna figure out where we're gonna go when we go. <sighs> I just wanted. I'd been on vacation for two weeks with my kids. I just needed like my brain clear. But dude, I was so grateful that she said what she needed out loud, and she went, and they had a great time, and I had a blast with my kids. I just had to just change the the focus of the day. And actually, thank goodness, because we had, we had such a blast, me and, me and my, my little ones. I tell you that to tell you this. It's not just about speaking up. It's about taking your husband out and saying, the way we've chosen to do marriage up until now doesn't work anymore. I want to hear from you. What kind of marriage do you want to have? I'm going to speak up. Here's the kind of marriage I want to have. Here's the kind of life I want to have. Here's the kind of kids. And we're going to get babysitters because we're going out. And we're going to go on vacation and we're going to drag the kid along. It's going to be fine. We're going to have a blast. Kid can do what we can do. They'll be, they'll be great. Or one of these older kids that we've raised for 20 years can come back and babysit. Whatever. We'll figure that out. But we're going to live the life we're going to live. And the kids are going to be a part of that. Not the other way around. The modern American house that revolves around children is insane. The home should revolve around mom. The home should revolve around dad. Should revolve around parents. Not the other way around. 
I'm going to send you a copy of my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life. I want you guys to go through that book together, you and your husband. I'll send it to you for free. I want you to do the exercises. It's about building a life that is different now. A life where everybody speaks up. Everyone's heard. Everyone decides what we're going to do. Everyone works together. And most importantly, it's a house where we have peace. Your house hasn't had peace in a long time. That's because mom has taken, like Amy has taken Amy and just shoved her down. It's time for the world to meet Amy for the first time. That starts at your your dinner table. Call anytime, Amy. We'll be with you every step of the way. This will get harder before it gets easier, okay? This will get tough, but you're worth it. So are those little ones, man. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we're back. Um, we, we were just talking offline. The movie's Hot Rod, is that it? What does he say? He's like, what? When? It's, uh, say what in what way? <laughs> so, we're, words with WH are awesome, and Andy Samberg is the best of the best of the best. Please bring back Brooklyn Nine-Nine, please. Um, but today's song of the day is by Hedis. <laughs> How do you say it? Weedus? Weedus? Weedus. 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 Dude, a group of guys got in a room and they're like, dude, we rock. What should we be called? We should be called Devil Dragons. Or, I got one, guys. Weedus. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll go with Weedus. Weedus, dude. <laughs> the song is a shout out to our second caller. It's a teenage dirt bag and it goes like this. Her name is Noelle. Dude, Kelly, if the person in this was named Noelle, that'd be incredible. Her name is Noelle. I have a dream about her. She rings my bell. I got a gym. I got gym class in half an hour. Oh, she rocks in keds and tube socks. This is going differently than I thought, but she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't care about me because I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Listen to Iron Maiden, baby, with me. <laughs> I think there's a reason we didn't hear a lot from Huidus after her teenage dirtbag. It's cool, guys. I like Iron Maiden, too. Shout out Ryan Holiday. Love you guys. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Bye.